Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman who hides the secret of her blood, and an emerging force threatening a tentative peace between humans and the Fae. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book Two, Allegiance. Chapter 9, Riona. Riona had learned many lessons growing up on the run with Fingal. The first, and the most important being, trust no one. The second, know your local plants in the deepest woods, and the bootsteps of friend or foe, so you are never caught unaware. But somewhere on that list was, don't let the scavs catch you, especially if you're trespassing on their territory. There being a subjective word, as ownership granted by the capital or the royal family was not always recognized by the notorious greedy bandits. Originally a political group founded to lobby the royals for lower taxes for farmers and other laborers outside the capital, the Scavs agenda devolved into greed and opportunity. The Scavs, originally the Sickle and the Scavs, patrolled the main road to the capital with sharp eyes and shifty fingers, ambushing unsuspecting caravans and travelers and relieving them of their valuables. The various encampments existed mostly in the southern half of the continent, to Riona's knowledge, although they operated more or less independently. When Fingal and Riona had encountered them a few years ago, a large contingent of them had been organized by Vive Veffa, an enterprising and cunning thief with a penchant for games and mischief. They had narrowly escaped her forest encampment with their lives. She had heard rumors of Veffa's demise, although Riona would believe nothing until she saw a body. Now, the scavs had overwhelmed and surrounded Riona as she'd paused by the banks of the rushing river. She had only stopped for a moment to catch her breath, and in her desperation to put as much space between herself and Olivan, she had ignored the magical warning pang of nearby danger. Stupid. The scabs encircled her like victorious pack animals who had found wounded prey. She glanced at each face in turn and recognized no one. For a fleeting moment she'd hoped to use familiarity to her advantage. As it was nearly impossible for her to forget a face, she could have used her vast knowledge to negotiate her way out easily. It wouldn't have been impossible to lead the five before her to believe that she was one of their own. One by one, the bandits muddied from their prolonged hideout on the riverbank, drew their short swords from their belts. They didn't point their weapons at Riona. For the scavs, obtaining treasure without violence was the easiest path to staying alive. Drop any weapons and valuables at your feet, now, said one of the bandits. Her dark hair was bound up in a stylish nest on top of her head, 
and the gold coins tucked within her hair and dangling from her earlobes denoted a kind of status. Riona assumed she was the leader of this ensemble. The other four bandits also displayed coins within their earlobes and hung them around their necks and fastened them at their belts, just not in as great a number. Ever since the Erzid currency had shifted from coin to paper after the war, metal coins had become rarer with each passing year. Many such coins had fallen into the hands of wealthy collectors, but others were violated for the purpose of jewelry. Riona had mixed feelings about this, as the coin itself had inherent value, perhaps even more so than before, since it was still a precious metal. One gold coin could feed and shelter you for a week on Riona's last count, assuming a proprietor would accept it as currency. Instead of putting it to good use, the scavs hoarded their ergid, squandered it, and refused to help the needy. Just another reason she and Fingal could never travel or remain with them. Riona did not flinch or give the scavs reason to believe she was afraid. This was not her first encounter with them, and it would likely not be her last. She knew how to dispatch them quickly, as long as Connor and Olivan stayed away. I mean you no harm. I'm just passing through, and as you can see, I have only what you see on my person. They might want to look under her cloak, though Riona doubted she'd have to take it off for them. Usually the scavs' main priority was to scurry off to their camps with their treasures. Once the scavs saw Riona had nothing of value, they'd move on, so long as they remain unprovoked. So when Connor burst into the small clearing with the misplaced determination of a new recruit to the Imperial Guard, Riona felt the rushing and roaring waters of the river beside them push up against her practiced sense of calm. Fingal would have never barged into a potentially dangerous situation without a plan. He would have allowed Riona to handle it, or at least make an attempt. The bandits turned their short swords on him at his sudden appearance, ready for his likely ineffectual assault. Connor halted and nearly doubled over as he fought to catch his breath. Riona's nostrils flared as she smelt his magic potent and out of control. He'd run here to... what? Warn her? And then what? Had he left Olivan tied to the tree, or had he set him loose to wreak havoc? She sighed. The quicker this was over, the quicker they could get further upstream, and hopefully find a safe place to get some sleep. This is my companion. As you can see, he's equally unburdened by valuables. Riona said quickly, raising her eyebrow at Connor. The sky was darkening quickly, and soon her fey eyesight would be especially useless. Connor evaluated the bandits hesitantly and raised his hand in slow surrender. We don't have to do this. You don't have to hurt her. The bandits tried to hide their amusement. Oh, we don't have to do what exactly? Said a second bandit, this one with a deep voice and an angry scar down his left cheek and neck. What do you believe is happening here? Connor turned a deep shade of red as his gaze flitted desperately from Riona to each of the bandits in turn. Riona pursed her lips. All the boy had were stories of gallant heroes saving beautiful young women in peril. 
He didn't know that the scavs wanted this to be over just as much as he did. His embarrassment only sent the bandits into a fierce round of laughter, but it was not inattentive amusement. As Riona shifted her weight towards the leading bandit, she turned her short sword on Riona in half a second. That's enough. Let's be done. Your valuables, said the leader, flicking her short sword at Riona's torso. But we don't have anything, Connor protested. Do as they say, Riona said firmly to Connor. She was careful not to identify him or herself, as word of their fiery departure from Ashdown might have spread in the woods already. She parted her cloak to show more of her dress. Like I said, I have little. This is a waste of your time. The leader narrowed her gaze in suspicion. This is not... We'll be the judge of that, interrupted the second bandit. Come on, on your knees, both of you. The bandit leader set her lips firmly together and glared at her companion for stealing her thunder. The other three bandits, a large armored woman, a bald spindly man, and an eyepatch-wearing fit fighter exchanged awkward glances. Connor and Riona's eyes met. They were outnumbered. Riona began to kneel. Fortunately, Connor's breathlessness and uncertainty gave way to his compliance. He knelt on the grass and kept his hands in plain sight, staring at them. She could feel him contemplating. Use magic? Don't use magic. Her thoughts exactly. The leader and the scarred man took one step away from Riona, towards Connor, but both kept their swords aimed at her. Don't try anything, said the scarred man. We've got our eyes on both of you, said the armored woman, equally as loud and commanding. The scarred man frowned at her. I said that already. And I'm saying it again because it needs to be said, the armored woman repeated, nodding menacingly at Riona. Riona mirrored her nod and then stared at her increasingly dirty fingernails, clutching her cloak. If Riona used magic, the Fae Militia would track her here, and they'd all die or be captured. True that they hadn't shown their faces, yet. Her usage had been fleeting, calculated, for the most part. But to defeat the five bandits, that would require a lot of force, and would likely draw a tougher enemy to the fore. The eyepatch bandit gestured for Riona to hurry up and remove her cloak. Just as Riona was about to fumble through another excuse, Olivin stomped into the clearing behind Connor. Olivin appraised the bandit's aggressive stance with the actual determination of a new recruit to the Imperial Guard, and with the frightening apathy of someone who could surmise every nuance of a situation with a passing glance. Hey! Olivin shouted. He raised his sword, which even more frighteningly was in his unbound hands. Identify yourselves! So Connor had freed him. He gave Riona an apologetic look. This was not going to end well. The bandits exchanged amused glances and could barely contain their laughter. We could ask the same of you, said the bandit leader, jutting her chin at Olivin. 
Her dangling coins jangled like alarms, and Riona wished that Oliven, as tone-deaf as he was, would just leave them all alone. Oliven pushed his shoulders back and took a brazen step forward. I'm Oliven Stovall of the Imperial Guard. My father, Captain Stovall, will not be pleased when he hears that we've been waylaid by scavs. At least Oliven had the know-how to identify her guests at the bandits' identities, but he had no more experience weathering the bandits than Connor did. The scavs laughed at him. The scavs laughed at him. Captain who? said the bandit leader, and the others made similar jabs. Oliven would not let their jeers deter him. He is an important ranking officer of the... You are making this worse, Riona said haughtily, above the amusement of the bandits. Though she attempted to stand once more, the bandit with the eye patch caught her by the cloak, while the rest raised their swords at her. This alarmed Connor further. Don't... I'm not about to repeat myself, interrupted the bandit leader, pointing her sword at Oliven now. You are scav captives. You will be blindfolded and taken to Ashram. He'll decide if your hands and eyes are fit for the copper mines. If you're good, we get paid. If not, she twisted her lip. We'll kill them, the scarred man finished unceremoniously. Connor blanched, and Riona made her hands into fists. She wouldn't let that happen. The armored woman and the bald man looked equally disgusted by the prospect of killing. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll want to join us, said the bald man, pushing the tip of his sword against Riona's arm, forcing it higher. Unlikely, Oliven muttered. The scarred man rushed Oliven, and despite Oliven's gallant effort to raise his large sword, the bandit had more experience and overpowered the would-be Imperial Guard. Oliven's sword dropped to the grass at Connor's feet. Connor fell backwards onto his side and tried to right himself while remaining on the ground. The armored woman moved towards him, sword at the ready, keeping her eye on Oliven as well. "'How much do you think we get for them?' said the scarred bandit hooking Oliven's neck with his elbow and examining Oliven's face. Oliven struggled to no avail, and Rihanna noted with disdain Oliven's retaliation wasn't even useful. Kick him between the legs, she thought. Bite him. Try to get at his eyes. But no. Oliven flailed uselessly in the bandit's arms. He may have been taught to swing a sword, but no one taught him how to get out of a compromising hold. Eventually, the scarred man forced Oliven to the grass and pressed his blade against Oliven's neck. The bandit leader sized up Riona with renewed interest, trying to evaluate Riona's worth as a miner. Riona tried to keep her eyes down in case they noticed something odd about her. She's too tall for the caves. They're all tall, argued the armored woman. It could have been the darkness playing tricks on her poor vision, but Riona was certain her short sword was caked in old blood. If they have nothing, take them back to camp. Let Ashram decide. We only just... The leader cut herself off, realizing the argument was a distraction. She pointed at Riona. That's it. We're going. Get him. You are making a mistake, Connor said, casting a wary glance between the armored bandit before him and Riona. The eyepatch bandit attempted to lift Riona to her feet, when the scarred bandit raised his hand, 
Wait, we don't need all of them. Let's just kill the annoying brat, he pointed at Olivin, and take the quiet ones. Olivin glanced longingly at his sword just out of reach. If he went for it, the bandit would waste no time quenching his bloodlust. You'll find me a challenge to kill. As the bandits bickered about whether or not to kill Olivin, Riona's mind raced. If she did nothing, Connor might die. She might die. Run, Connor, she said under her breath, pushing the words like an icy wind towards his partially exposed ears. He shook his head, first in confusion, but as the weight of her request settled in, he refused more emphatically. No. Olivan shot a suspicious glance between them, as did the armored bandit. You have to leave, Riona said again to Connor, ignoring the bandit that hoisted her to her feet. Be quiet. You want to live, don't you? hissed the eye patch bandit in her ear. All right, that's enough. Riona tried again, more nervously this time. Her hands felt hot, but she controlled her magic because that was the best thing she could do. Believe it or not, I am valuable. If you take me before Viva Feffa and leave these two to their own devices, she'll likely reward you. Veva? That pretender? said the bandit leader, but the scarred man seemed shaken by Veffa's mere name and said simultaneously, She's dead. No, she's not, said the armored woman, exasperated. Don't be foolish, said the eyepatch bandit to Riona. This set them off again. The armored bandit forced Connor to his feet. Riona and Connor exchanged worried looks. No, she couldn't let him be taken as a laborer to some mines. That was not what she had risked everything for long ago, even if he didn't. But as Riona's hands tingled and she prepared to draw an extraordinary amount of energy to blow back all five bandits at once, Connor flung his arms into the sky. The armored bandit thrust her sword at him in an attempt to subdue her captive, but she was startled backwards amidst an eyesore of red and orange continuous pulsating flares. The lights danced between Connor's fingers and then darted in and out of everyone's faces like an annoying, speedy insect, impossible to spot away without being blinded. They lit everyone in a pulsating wash, sending the bandits and Riona scrambling. Riona squeezed her eyes shut. They were useless to her now, as the night had descended. The bandit released her, running somewhere off to her right. She heard Olivin struggling again. Connor was shouting apologies, though she felt him draw even more magic. He didn't know how to stop his own spell. This was not how she wanted this to go. And yet, Connor had done something. Now it was her turn. Riklar might come for them, but she had to take the risk. Squeezing her fingers against her palms, drawing magic from the ground, she joined the fray, blind.
listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music is composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. If you want to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com. <laughs>